Jota and welcome to Counting the Beat B-Sides. So Counting the Beat is my New Zealand vinyl only music show, but I'm going to play an interview now that I recorded for another show I do on Waiheke Radio called Island Life, where I talk to Waiheke Island people, in this case Waiheke musician Chris Orange, who is the bassist of the Tearaways, who recently reformed and released an album, Short Haired Rock and Roll. So I've been really looking forward to this um, because I'm a big New Zealand music fan. I'm a big vinyl fan, and uh, you know, and it's really great to see lots of New Zealand music coming out on vinyl, new music coming out on vinyl, but also uh, some archival material coming out on vinyl. Some of it for the first time, and of course, it's also great to see uh, these bands playing. Uh, you know, the things that have happened in the music scene that that I was too young for, have missed out on, and then then you get the opportunity. Uh, you know, I, I was recall seeing the, the Stooges at the big day out and going, when am I going to see the Stooges? That's never going to happen. And then it happened and it's, it's incredible when it does, but it's not only those international acts, it's also the local acts uh, and that it's great to see. And, you know, we've, for music fans like me who've read about the, the heady days of of the punk rock scene, the early punk rock scene in, in New Zealand, uh, there's been great opportunity over recent years with a, an event called Punk It Up, uh, which has brought a lot of those those bands back and given people like me an opportunity to see them and uh, one of the bands who played at this year's Punk It Up was uh, the Tearaways and the Tearaways featured Waiheke musician Chris Orange, he's with me now. Good morning Chris, G'day, how are Chris, you? Chris, how are you going? Yeah, good. Yeah, so uh, I mean how does it feel for you to be revisiting that, that scene, that music from what kind of 30, no, 40 years ago? 40 years ago, yeah. Oh yeah. well it's just, it's just way too much fun really, it's um Unbelievable. Um, uh, you know, I was, the Punk It Up, Andrew, is a real force, and for five years now he's been putting on the Punk It Up. We, we are at the King's Arms. Um, every year he'd fly in from uh, San Francisco and put on the, um, the Punk It Up gig, and his thing was to try to convince old bands to get together again and play again at Reform, and he's been very successful. And and it's always a great night. Um, and you know we've had um, well, the features, ex features have played over the years. Um, and this time was exceptionally supercharged because uh, he managed to get the, my first punk band, the Tearaways, uh, back together, um, which we hadn't done since two thousand and eight, just the last time we did it. Um, and 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 it was quite a feat because John and John lives in Brisbane, and um, we hadn't played for. Mm. 10 or 11 years. Last time we did the gig in 2008, our drummers hadn't played drums for 25 years and they were sweating like pigs trying to get the tempo up and I didn't think it was going to happen until about a week before the gig and I finally heard that old tempo coming up again. That was really part of the sound of the tearaways. But take us back to the to the formation and, and mm. those early days, the, the tearaways. How did, how did that all come together? Yeah, well... Um, Actually, if, if anyone's really is interested, there's something on YouTube. There's a, um, a, a film made in 1978. It's called Eyewitness New Zealand Punk Tour 1978. When you go on there, and there's three or four uh, YouTube clips. The, the entire thing's there. And uh, it documents a tour that was put on uh, from Auckland down to Wellington. Um, five punk bands was the Scavengers, the Sperm Reptiles, um, a Mild Band, uh, Sherlock's, a few other bands. <clears throat> and uh, it's a great document of the time. Uh, it's worth, worth checking out. But 
uh, they do interview my band um, before I join them. And the, the interviewer is kind of uh, asking, uh, so what makes you think, you know, you're, you're good? And uh, Carrie, our drummer, says, well, we've heard the others. Oh, that's quite a, a droll. So, I mean, and, they, and then he says, how long have you been playing together? Oh, about a month. <laughs> so, yeah. so really, they were formed, the Cherryways got together, and they were fans of the Scavengers, who had a venue, um, Zwines, in Durham Lane, which has a great history of music. I think the Rolling Stones played there. Um, it was Granny, gran, uh, Granny's, um, uh, for a while, a blues club, um, and in the 70s. And uh, 78, 79, uh, um, a guy called Brian f- uh, started the, a, a club Friday, Saturday night uh, for bands. Downstairs he ran Babes Disco. Upstairs he had a, a venue for, for, the, for the bands. And so when I came back from Britain, uh, my old classmates had started a band um, called The Tearaways, uh, and they were looking for a bassist. Uh, I was a guitarist, but I learned uh, 30 songs in one week on the E string on the bass so I could play on the Friday night. So uh, coming back from the UK at that mm. time, you must have been one of the people who brought back the knowledge. I mean, you know, there's the, the stories about people seeing the news clip about the Sex Pistols and going in and kind of playing a version of, of um, you know, you know, God Save the Queen or Anakin, you could based on what they'd seen on on news clip, um, you know, and, and obviously reading about stuff in the NME, you know, three months later, but not being able to hear the music. So mm. you must have come back with some kind of direct knowledge of what was happening in the music scene. Yeah, it, it was a um, it was a really exciting time to be in London. Um, I went over as a as a Sabbath fan, you know, with a little moustache, seventeen year old, sort of shoulder length hair, and heard Sabbath bitterly disappointed. I think it was that in the, the, the lowest point in their career. Um, uh, Ozzy just came on stage and started lambasting punks for about ten minutes. They hadn't played a note, and I think this is really really naff. Um, and uh, I'd, I'd, so I'd go out and hear bands every other night at a different pub and it was a real vibe happening, you know, young people just getting it together and, and entertaining themselves. You know, there was nothing... The music industry was overblown and, and fat and horrible, you know, uh, uh, but there was a lot of new music happening. Every pub wanted uh, a band to play at, three or four bands a night. And uh, when I came back, you know, to New Zealand and this was happening in Auckland, that was pretty cool. Um, there's actually... In, inside some of the um, albums, there's a little booklet that we put together, that our manager put together, and he, he had kept track of all the gigs we did in 1979. Um, and there's about 60 or 70 gigs we did in one year in 1979. And, I, and that was because he, said, he explained it. He said he went, that he'd go to a venue and say, and ask if we could play. And they'd say, yeah, Saturday night? Okay, do you want to do Thursday and Friday as well? So there was a lot of live music happening in Auckland back then. Yeah, yeah, no, no YouTube, no, no sitting at home. It's just if you wanted to do something, you got out, and and if you were going to get out, it was live music. Was nineteen seventy nine? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, yeah, and I think, you know, that was the Tearaways were, they were a fan band. We were fans of the Scavengers, but um, which were a great original band. They did a lot of covers, and we did a lot of covers too. So, I guess we just wanted to hear, could it be done? You know, could someone play like the Ramones? Could someone play? A Motown song twice as fast as it's meant to be, and, and make it danceable. Yeah, I want to I want to come back to that because I think it's an interesting feature of the of the Tearaways. Um, but let's listen to something from this album, which has just come out. So actually, so the Tearaways. Um, uh, I mean, 
I've seen the album called Shorthead Rock and Roll, but it's also, you know, just called Tearaways. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, th- we had a CD out yep. um, with uh, live recordings, and some of these are duplicated again. Um, it's a recording from, I think it's a Selwyn College dance or something. So it's a lot of live tracks on there, um, pretty raw sounding, um, and the better for it, I yep. think. Uh, and there's a couple of recorded tracks from uh, 2008 uh, uh, AK-79 Reunion. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, let's take a listen to something off this. We're going to listen yeah. to... This is Things Go Wrong by a band called The, the Reducers from Lancashire uh, that we covered. All right, let's take a spin. go wrong and I'm talking to the bassist on that song Chris Orange from the Terraways. So um we were talking just before that that Chris about um you know looking back a bit and I suppose part of the the punk ethos or you know when you look back at it now my understanding of it is that it was kind of like a a year zero approach you know they had that whole clash you know no no Beatles no Rolling Stones kind of thing but the Tearaways and mm. and the Features mm. um, did embrace a lot of older music. You know, on on this record we've got uh, we've got a cover of She's a Mod. Um, you know, the the Features yep. did Beatles covers. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you know we're into great songs. Full stop. You know, if there's a good song, um, you know, we're just really into it. I mean, um, yeah, She's a Mod. Uh, it's not a great song. John doesn't 
really like it, but I think the way we do it is, is it's a great dance number. So, um, yeah, I mean, we just, we tried things out, took risks, um, and, 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 yeah, just interested in songs, really. Um, the Tearaways were more of a pop-punk band than anything else. Um, just um, a dance band, really keen to, to play good dance music, you know, and the place would just go off. I mean, it, yeah, it, was, it was a lot of fun standing on the stage at, um, at uh, Punk It Up this time around about a month ago um, because it was the old venue we played at 40 years ago. So I was standing on the same stage playing with the same people, playing the same songs in the same, <laughs> same venue to the same people times 10, you know, as we had 40 years ago. So it was pretty um, exciting. Um, and the dance floor was going off, so going crazy. I was looking down there going, oh, I hope my son's not underneath all those feet there. <laughs> but he's quite tall now. So, so I mean, back in the day, part of what shaped the music must have been, you know, your kind of limitations as new and young players. Yeah. Um, and now, I mean, you, you've you've continued, you know, you were saying some of the members of the band hadn't played for mm. a long time, but you've played continuously and and yep. branched off into many, many different areas of music. Um, does that... When you know, you know, when you're coming back together, does that mean you're coming at the music from a different position, or is it kind of, kind of going, ah, this is this is just instinctive, you know, that this kind of basic approach, is, 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 I feel it. How does it work? Uh, oh, well, there's the sound, you know, the sound of the the old band sound is, was really important, and uh, and we got that back really quickly this time round, um, as opposed to 2008, uh, because we we're, we're all playing a bit more. Um, John had more, the most trouble. He hadn't sung on stage for a long time, probably about 11, 12 years. Um, and he, but he found his voice, and no one can sing like he, he can. His I name, mean, his name, his, his stage name is John Nolan. But uh, yeah. So you know, now you 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 play in a lot of different styles. I mean, you, yeah. you play the the stand up bass. You know, mm. you play jazz. You haven't been tempted to do kind of lounge lizard versions of some of these songs. Uh, I'm 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 working up an idea. I mean, I sing and write songs myself now a lot, and uh, but I've I've got a a ken for um, maybe performing some old New Zealand songs. You know, some classic uh, punk songs that I know. You know, friends of played over the years that, that don't get heard anymore so I've got I'm sort of working up an idea around that excellent yeah that sounds great yeah, yeah I like the idea <laughs> of that a lot um, you know I teach at Swines I'm sorry at Swines at Mains it's really weird Mains and Swines um, I teach at Mains at, in, in the city and we're so every day I'm teaching music and teaching songwriting and performing uh, so I'm very lucky to have that job but um, that's a lot of my energy is going into that and you know as a teacher educator um, that's something that uh, that consumes me really. Yeah. So before we we're going to play another song of this in a moment. Before we lead into that, um, uh, never been to Borstal. I mean, you know, just looking at the the cover images and so on. I mean, you really <laughs> look like trouble on, <laughs> on this, Chris. You know, you just look like someone who's out to, out to yeah. cause trouble. Yeah, I reckon. Eh. Yeah, I mean, was that the what case, or was it? How what much a, of this was image, and how much a, of it was, you know, uh, the reality? What a brat. brat British face on the back cover, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, look, you know, well, no, we were, <laughs> you know, Queen Street, Auckland was um, uh, a brutal environment back then. Um, uh, I don't think people but, understand that now, eh? no, just how violent no, it was right it was, through into the 80s, just going out was, yeah, uh, was dangerous. Awful, eh? It was yeah. dreadful, yeah. I mean, you know, every pub was um, 
so-called owned by some gang, you know, the Casey's or the Black Power or Mongrel Mob uh, and Headhunters. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we saw violent... You know, we were, I was running away from guys with chains and knives down Queen Street, you know, um, every so often. Um, we'd... The, uh, you know, the Babe's Disco would happen downstairs from his wines and... Uh, the, the kids would be, down, would be down there dancing. About 11.30, 11 o'clock at closing time, their big brothers would come looking for punks to kill. And they'd be, so we'd be keep an eye at the bottom of the alley and, and, a, and a truck would come around the corner with guys with chains waving. And we'd, we'd go inside and they, uh, Brian would lock the door and call the cops and we'd hear all these broken bottles smashing on the door. And, of course, they'd go away pretty quickly because they're too pissed to worry about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I had my head kicked in and... And bay a gig, you know, it was, it was dreadful and uh, an awful um, lot of awfully threatening environment for a young, young person on the streets of Auckland back then. And it's really great that it's changed. I mean, uh, it was depressing. People, w- the, the city would be abandoned at six o'clock. Uh, people would just, just disappear, and the only people on the streets would be people up to no good. Um, and us trying to entertain ourselves and, and, and feel like we were somewhere and you know, we had a sense of place and we were in Auckland yeah. and that's what was important. You know? And, you know, but that, that, I suppose that look, that image, that kind of British approach, mm. I mean, some of the songs kind of play up to that as well. You know, the one we're going to play, um, Never Been to Borstal, you've got another one, yeah. Borstal, Borstal yeah. Breakout. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was really ironic, ironic in, in, in more ways than one. Um, you know, there, there was nothing aggressive about the, the, the Auckland punks, really. Um, we, we were dealing with a, quite a brutal environment, and um, it was an ironic stance more than anything else. Yeah, well, let's take a listen to Never Been to Borstal. Mm.
Ah, that's great stuff. Never been to Borstal from the Tearaways, short-haired rock and roll. So let's uh, talk, Chris, about the release of this record. Um, You know, how's this come about 40 years later? Uh, Right, well, um, I think John Baker um, is someone who's really instrumental in releasing a lot of archival New Zealand material. That guy deserves an OBE. Uh, Isn't he amazing? And... um, you know, 60s bands, 70s bands that people have, have no recordings from. He's found the tapes, he's re-released things. Um, I worked with him, with Doug Jarabin, uh to release uh, things there. Um, yeah, so he uh, suggested it and um, has made it happen, really, which is fantastic. Uh, so we, we've got vinyl <laughs> copies of the vinyl um, coming out. We've got some red vinyl coming out. I'm not meant to... Meant to announce that. We'll talk about that, but it seems to be out in the open now. Um, so you keep an eye out. I think Southbound might have some copies coming out. Yeah. So back, I mean, you you had stuff out back mm. in the day. You you had tracks Just on AK okay. seventy nine yep. and um, a single. What was a single came out. Was it on Ripper? Would it have been? Yeah, yep. Ripper Records. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, was that an ambition for the for the bands in the scene to be recording, to be putting stuff out, or was it more about the the live environment? Uh, well, we, I mean, like I said, we, uh, 1979, which was the year of the Tearaways, really, we had, we had maybe 70 gigs in one year. I don't think we were really thinking about uh, recording um, a great deal. We were we were um, just enjoying playing, um, but you know, it was it was it was an effort because uh, the, the the whole scene was was undermined by violence, and in the end, um, we stopped playing because of that, and and that was really depressing. However, that said, you know, um, it was re- it's been really great to be able to do it again, and um, you know, it's it's not for money; it's for it's for our fans, it's for people who are keen to get into it again, um, revisit the songs, you know, the great songs, and um, and that's why we're doing it. Yeah, and there's a real appetite for it, isn't there? I mean, you know, there's been re- there's been um, kind of vinyl releases in recent years from what, uh, Suburban Reptiles, Spelling Mistakes. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I think there's a, a real appetite out there for for the you know the, these songs and for this material. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're great songs. You know, and like I think of you know we didn't write a lot of original songs in the Tearaways, but um, other bands like Spelling Mistakes, uh, the Pneumatics that played at Punk It Up. Um, the X Features, I mean, all of Jed's songs uh, stand the test of time, uh, which is why we keep working together. And uh, we'll be playing playing a lot more yeah. in the future and writing a lot more original material, working on, on some new stuff now, so that's good. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And, yeah, so go out and if you can find a copy, if you're lucky enough to find a copy of the Cherryway's Shorthead Rock and Roll, you should grab one. And, yeah, nice to hear of the, the, the second pressing coming out. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, whether the band gets to perform again uh, is, an, is an open question, but um, I think everyone's keen. So, and whether there's another punk and up is also open to so whether Andrew yep. can pull that off again. And so. no one could have imagined forty years ago that you'd still be playing. Well, no, hell no, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, no. So, Chris Orange. Mm. Thank you very much thank you, for, Chris. for coming in. It's been yeah, a real no, pleasure. Thank you for to, having me. And uh, yeah, so Chris Orange, bassist for the Tearaways, pick up their album Short Haired Rock and Roll.